Welcome to Blessed Mama Bosses Podcast, where we teach you every single thing you need to know about scaling to a multiple six-figure network marketing business and doing it in a fun, exciting, easy, strategic way using social media. I'm Blair Critch, a retired teacher, mom of two teen boys, wife of a recovering addict, woman going through ovarian cancer who went from bankruptcy to building multiple online businesses. Systems, strategies, organization, and goals are my jam. I am Kelly Hoover, a retired pharmaceutical rep, girl mom, brain tumor survivor, and social media ninja. By setting goals and creating action plans, I win big, and so can you. I am the connection queen and time planner of this duo. And why are we sharing? Because we know you got things to do, mama. You want to go on trips with your kiddos. You want to be more present. You want to live your life with more purpose, and we got you covered. Let's dig in and become a blessed mama boss and do the dang thing. Hey there, blessed mama. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you hitting that snooze button way too often or reaching for multiple cups of coffee? Don't worry. We have you covered. Check out the system that Kelly and I both use to have all day sustainable energy to help with our digestive health, sleep, as well as keeping your antioxidant health up. Listen, this is a premium lifestyle system. It's here to help you experience peak physical and mental levels. It is three simple steps every morning that's changed millions of lives, including Kelly and mine. So reach out to us at blessedmamabosses at gmail.com with the subject line, free sample, and we'll get you set up with a free three-day sample. We want you to feel, look, and be your best. Hey there, Blessed Mamas. I have a really special guest today. You guys are going to be so excited. If you watched my stories, Kelly's stories this summer, you saw that we both were going through a couple different Bible studies together. And we did two of them in particular that we were like taking so many notes on and all kinds of tags all over the place about it because we were loving it. It was called I uh, is called I Do Boundaries. And the other one was I do hard things. And both of them are written by Havila Cunnington. So yes, I have Havila on here today and I'm so excited. Let me tell you a little bit about her before I introduce her to you guys. Havila is a sought after communicator. She's a published author, top rated podcaster, and has been in full-time ministry for over 20 years. In addition to being the women's pastor at Bethel Church, she and her husband, Ben, lead a nonprofit called Truth to Table. They're obsessed with reaching the world with Bible studies, messages, and lifestyle leadership tools. Havila and Ben live in Redding, California, and they have four young boys, uh, Judah, Hudson, Grayson, Beckham, and a puppy. Oh my gosh, you have a full house. I have two boys, so I can't even imagine what it would be like with four. So it must be so so much fun having four boys in the house, plus your husband. And uh, I got to know, is the dog a boy or a girl? (laughs) Well, it's actually a boy. His name is Barkley. He's our second boy. But yes, I'm surrounded by five men. And I say five and a half men because I have five men and then a half, which is the dog. But yeah, I'm surrounded by a lot of masculinity in our house. That is so funny. Well, I am so grateful that you're here sharing with our community today. I know that you are super busy and you have a lot going on. And so I'm so thankful. And I could not be more excited to talk about the subject that we're going to talk about today. So I I did tell Havila, I was like, this is going to be launching in December. Is there any way we can talk about boundaries and holidays? And she graciously (laughs) said, it's actually my favorite subject. So I'm super pumped. And I think let's just like get started. You ready? 
I love it. And I just want to say thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm so excited. And yes, it is my favorite topic. So let's talk about boundaries. Okay. I'm so excited. Thank you for saying yes. So here's my question is, I feel like we get so bombarded at the holiday season, right? It begins with Halloween and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas and then New Year's. And it's like all of a sudden the three months is gone and you look around and you're like, what did I even really do or focus on or really, you know, enjoy during those three months? And I feel like as women, especially Christian women, we feel like we need to say yes to things and we feel like we need to make everybody else happy. And we always have that pull between the Mary and the Martha in us, right? And so I'm curious, and we're just diving right into the deep stuff because we only keep these podcasts at 15 to 20 minutes. So I'm going right in. So I would love to hear your advice for myself and for the listeners out there of like how to really keep those boundaries during the holiday season and like what boundaries should we even have? Oh, such a good question. And, you know, for those that are listening and wondering, okay, what are boundaries? I think often we talk about boundaries, at least in the world that we live in, and it's just being able to say no, or if we don't want to do something, we use the word, I have boundaries, which basically gets us out of things. But as women of faith, we don't look at boundaries as the no's in our life. We look at boundaries as the yes in our lives. So if we don't know what we're saying yes to, and all we do is navigate the no's, then all it's going to feel like is, well, I don't know if I feel like doing that. I don't know if I want to do that or if I like them or I like that. And so even in the holiday situation, my recommendation would be that you take a step back and you ask yourself, what am I saying yes to during this season? So if it's family time, if it's, I want to, you know, connect more with the story of Christ. I want to help people that don't have family, whether it's, I want to be not a stressed out mom that's always running here to there and stressed about gifts. And I actually don't want it to be super materialistic this season. I don't know what your yes is, or it could be, I don't want to gain weight during the holiday season. Like I just want to be healthy. And I don't want to feel like when I get to January, I got the extra 15 pounds from Christmas. I don't know what it is for you, but I know for me, it takes me having a moment where I have to assess what do I want and what do I need in the season? And both those questions are really important because what you want may not be connected to what you need. So if it were me, I would ask myself that question, what do I need? Now, some of you are not good at asking what you need. So what you want to do is on your bathroom mirror and Christmas red lipstick or a post-it note, you want to write, what do I need today? And every day for the month of December, when you get up in the morning, you're going to look at that sticky note or that lipstick that says, what do I need today? And you're going to ask yourself that question. And then you're going to connect it to one thing that you need to do that day. That's going to help you stay connected to what's important to you. And that's really important. Boundaries are not just cement walls. They're breathable. So that means you might go to a Christmas party or say yes to something. And then you'll go, actually, I don't want to do that this time. And then you can actually change your mind. And that's another thing that's really great about boundaries is adults are allowed to change their mind. That doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you immature or a millennial. Well, oftentimes we say yes and no to things when we don't really know what it's going to be like at that moment. So giving yourself freedom to say yes and no and change your mind is really important. I love that. And I was literally thinking of an example when you said that, like one of the things that you said was maybe you want to be not a crazy mom and and have more 
you know, meaningful times during the holiday season with your kids. Well, if that's what you're trying to do, then I love that you gave that permission to be breathable because maybe one of your kids had a really rough day that day or through a tantrum or something else was going on. And you just have to excuse yourself from that party. And instead of feeling like I have to do this or people are going to judge me instead, you're looking and you're evaluating. And I also love that sticker note on your mirror or the lipstick, because I think we go through our life so fast that we don't ever ask, what do I need? What is my end goal? What am I trying to achieve with my family, with my walk with Christ? And by stopping and evaluating that, then everything kind of goes through that funnel, right? Does it does. That goal. And also what you needed a year or two ago may not be what you need today. So Sometimes we think, oh, everyone expects me to have all the holidays at my house and cook these certain meals. And someone says, well, that's my favorite pie. And you always bring it. You have to ask yourself, is this what I can do at this season? What can I actually do? And then also, what do I want to feel at the end of this season? I mean, I always say, when we don't do what we set out to do, we betray ourselves and we break trust with ourselves. And then we don't have the confidence to do it again. So what we want to do is really ask ourselves, what are we saying yes to? And that is really important to put your life in spheres, like a target, right? So your inner target is your closest relationships. That's hopefully if you're married, it's your spouse, or it could be your best friend. It could be a family member or a friend. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter who it is, but there's somebody who's closest to you. And then beyond that, there's a little bit more of a bigger world. And then beyond that, it kind of, you know, expands. We see that in the life of Jesus. He had his one, then he had his three, then he had his 12, then he had his 25, and then he had his 75. And so it's really important that when you look at those three aspects, the closest target, right? The center of the target is who we want to protect and care for the most. They're the most important in our life. So that means if my coworker who's in the third tier is asking me to do something, I have to ask myself, Okay, what about the people in the center of the target? Am I doing everything that I want to do and need to do for those people? And we start to kind of put people in and we we put them in kind of sections of our life. That way it's not everybody has access to me, but has a different set of boundaries. So for me personally, my husband has full access to me. He can text me, call me at any time of the day and I'll pick it up. My immediate family, they have limited access to me. So that means they can call me during the day, but anytime after 8.30 or maybe even eight in the morning, I'm not going to pick up the phone. They, that's just not where they're going to have access to me. And it doesn't mean I'm going to do everything they're asking me to go to or invited to. It's not an automatic yes. And then I have kind of peripheral friends that are not my immediate family, but they're friends. And those people, I might just pick up the phone on my off days or maybe after work for a couple hours. And if they invite me to something, I might need a month's notice because that's where they kind of fit. So it's really important. And anyone who's listening to this, you can do this right now. You can pull out a blank piece of paper. You can make a target. And then you can start to put the people that are in those spheres most important to you and then extend it to, you know, the crowd. And the crowd are those that you're never going to pick up the phone for. And you're probably never going to text back. And you're probably never going to go to their event because you don't have enough time in your life. You can't do all things. So really getting a visual will help you tremendously to know what you're saying yes to. I love that. And if you guys pick up the book, I Do Boundaries by Havila, because in there she has this description and a lot of other little great exercises that really helped me. And it did free me from having to say yes all the time to everything. Okay. So 
one of the things I think that I hear most often about women, I love that you said like boundaries don't have to be a hard no, but like you gave the example of not bringing that pie that everybody wants you to bring, right? Can you give us some great wording? You did amazing job of this in your book. And so that's why I'm asking and is like, give them some wording because I think that's where a lot of women struggle. They feel like they need to overindulge all the reasons why they can't bring that pie, right? So now it's like made a bigger deal out of something than it really needs to be. Oh my gosh, that's such a brilliant thing to pick up on. So I have had a counselor many times of my life and I had postpartum depression multiple times, which caused me to kind of go into a counselor's office. And when she started to teach me boundaries, the number one thing that I didn't know what to do is how to say it. I don't know if that's just feels scary. Like, how am I going to say this? And often we weren't taught how to say it. And so we either come off harsh or strong or come off passive and maybe even confusing. And so what's really important is to, first of all, acknowledge what they ask you to do in a positive light. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Hey, I'm really excited that you're doing this. Something that's not just a, I can't, but an actual like, thanks for thinking of me. Or I know everybody loves the pie that I usually bring. And then you set the boundary. Then it's, but at this time, I'm not able to not, do you mind if I don't, you're not asking a question, you're making a statement, not, do you mind if I don't come or is it okay if I don't bring the pie? They're going to say, no, bring the pie or no, you need to be there. So you're as an adult, you're saying, I can't, I won't be able to at this time and be very clear, even use the words. I'm crystal clear. I'm crystal clear. I'm not able to make the party this year. Now you don't have to give a reason. Okay, guys. So you listen to this. You don't actually have to say because of that, 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 you don't have to say that. If you want to, you can, but my recommendation is to keep it short and say, at this point, I'm not able to come uh, due to other priorities or because I've committed to only do two things a week to be out two times a week or whatever it is, you're able to say that, but you don't need to answer. And then simply, hey, but thanks again for asking me and ended on a positive. They call it the sandwich approach. Mm -hmm. So it's positive and then the meat on the inside and then the positive again. And then also, you know, you can give somebody an idea of, hey, next time, make sure you reach out a little sooner or whatever that requires, but really being clear. And I recommend don't get on a phone call. Don't have a meeting about it. This can be done very briefly by sending them an audio message or a text message in a respectful way. But this is not a conversation. This is a boundary which says, this is what I'm going to need to do. And if you chicken out, which oftentimes I would go into these situations and go, I'm going to say, no, I know I'm going to say no. And then I would leave and I had said, yes. And I would think, why did I say yes? I'd set out to say no. And I remember my counselor at one point told me it's because they reached the little girl or, you know, in you. And so this is really important when somebody can cause you to change your answer and you feel powerless. It's because you're not showing up like a grown up. You're showing up like a child. So you want to ask yourself, what in me feels like I need to be the good little girl or the good little boy to show up at this moment? And why am I so worried about their feelings and what they think of me rather than what I think of myself or rather, rather than the feelings that I have to live with for the rest of my life? And so we really are prioritizing someone else over ourselves. And moms are the worst at that. We just have a tendency as moms to put everybody ahead of us. So you're going to ask yourself, how can I show up the best version of myself during this season? and then stick with it. You don't even have to change your response. You could write up a quick response and that goes in your notes on your phone and you can copy and paste that. So you don't even in your anxiety need to even script something. Another thing that's really great too is to put a buffer. 
So you could say something like, hey, I'm not able to make a decision right away. My husband and I have made a decision to run by everything that we're doing this season by each other. So I'll get back to you. So you kind of want to buffer like, hey, that's great. Can I let you know tomorrow? And really give yourself a chance to not respond immediately, but give yourself a chance to think about it. Ask yourself if this works for you and then make sure and respond after that. Wow, that was powerful. And I love the idea. I'm totally going to do this tonight of typing it up in your notes because it is so true, right? That some people can tap into that inner child of you or that people pleaser in you. And that is so powerful because then you already have the tools ready to go. I love that. And then what about family? Because that can also be a hard thing, right? Your in-laws or really close family members. And when you say something like, you know, it's crystal clear that this isn't going to work for us right now, or I can't do that that night, or I can't bring that pie. It's not going to work, but I'd love to come. And they just keep going, right? Like, I know I've heard from a lot of our listeners before when we've done other things about boundaries, people saying to them, well, Jesus didn't have boundaries or wouldn't God want you to do that, right? So I know it's a form (laughs) of manipulation, but what are some things that you guide people to when they share that with you? Okay, so let's go back to Jesus didn't have boundaries or Jesus, what would Jesus do? Well, you know, that's not actually theologically correct. If you look at Jesus, the Bible says there were times when he did not heal everybody everything that was asked of him, he did not do. And the Bible says that he actually didn't do everything for everyone, but there was a moment when he was either felt compassion or felt like the Holy Spirit was telling him to do it. And he did it, but God operates with boundaries with us. So in the book of Romans, he says, listen, I stand at the door and I knock. And then he doesn't say, and if you don't answer me, I text you 15 times, show up at your door and ask you why you're ghosting me. No, He says, you stand at the door and knock. And if you open it, I will come in. That's it. That's the boundary. If you open the door, I will come in. People that lack boundaries will often try to violate yours. You'll notice if somebody has healthy boundaries and you say, I can't, they respectfully understand that. But when you push a button on an irresponsible person or a manipulative or dominating person, they will freak out or they will call you a name or they will, you know, say what you're saying is either mean or insensitive because they're manipulating. They want you to do what they ask you to do. And because you're putting up a boundary, they're going to hit it from multiple angles. It could be a victimization of, you know, well, you didn't do this last time, or, you know, you said you would do it. It could be as simple as fine. And then they ignore you for 24 hours. I don't know what it is, but ultimately it gives you a lot of information. But what you really want to do is understand that they don't need to agree with you and they don't need to believe you. That is not a sign of boundaries. A sign of boundaries is that you believe yourself and you know that this is the truth. And oftentimes they're not going to understand that. That's just not how they're going to operate. So what you want to do is be very clear. You'll probably say it two or three times. And then if somebody says that's not loving or I wish, then you could say that could be, I'm sorry that you feel that way. You can acknowledge that they're disappointed. I can see that you're disappointed. That makes me feel bad that you're disappointed. But ultimately, I know this is the best thing. And so you have to go back. You can acknowledge the emotion, but I would not continue the conversation. If they write you a a page long email of all the reasons why, you do not need to respond with a page long email. In fact, if you don't want to email back and forth, do not email back and forth. You teach people how to treat you. If you want to have a quick text message, then you're allowed to answer that way. Don't take the bait. Do not take the bait. This is somebody who is not used to someone putting a boundary on them. 
I love that. There were so many tips in there, you guys. I'm going to write down some of that verbiage for sure. And then, you know, one of the other things that I find happens quite often to women is we feel like we need to somehow validate or tell everybody else what they need to do, right? So how do we, you know, be careful about that, right? Because sometimes I don't even think you realize that you are manipulating somebody when you're like, come on, especially girls, right? Like girls nights. Let's all imagine that girls night. And I love girls nights. So like, I know I have done this. I'm speaking from truth (laughs) is like, I've been like, come on, you've got to come out. We're all going out Saturday night. We want you to be there so bad, right? So how do we get better at doing those kind of things? Whether it's volunteering. I mean, I know in the last, you know, year for me, I went through cancer and then I got better. And it's like, all people can see is that I'm better now, but I'm still very careful about what I'm allowing myself to be around because of the illnesses that are going on and COVID and those kind of things. So I'm saying no to a lot of things where people are definitely judging right now. And they don't (laughs) know what other things we're doing right behind the scenes to give to those different organizations or to help out, or maybe we're doing nothing. It doesn't really matter. Right. So how do we get better at not making other women feel that way, especially because I think women have a harder time with it. I know men can also struggle with this, but I feel like especially women, we really struggle with this. Yeah, I totally agree. And I would say I was not good at hearing other people's boundaries until I started working on my own. Mm. So once I started working on my own, I realized that when someone said, I'm so sorry, I can't do that. And the way they said it, I would sit back and go, wow, that was amazing. I feel great. I still feel connected, but she was able to shut that down or she didn't actually get pushed too much or too far because I was nudging her. So you start to work on your own and then you'll start to be very much aware of how other people are doing it. I have a child that is very persistent. I don't know if anybody else on the, on the podcast <laughs> has, but this kid, he's so persistent. I said, you either should be an attorney or work for the Taliban because you are so persistent. At some point I started to say to him, you have to listen to my no. Did you hear my no? Yes. And so there's this kind of idea of we need to hear people's no's. It's okay for them to repeat it once or twice. That doesn't mean that you're violating their boundary by saying, but I really want you to come. That's not the violation. The violation is when they've given you their final answer, when we turn around and we flip it on them or they say, hey, I know you said no, but have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? It's really hearing that no and respecting it. Doesn't mean that if it's still up for debate, yeah, you can present your case. You can encourage them. But there's that kind of point where we have to listen. And here's the thing. You might get them to do it, but really, do you want someone to resent you for that? And do you want someone to, you know, internally write you off and say, you know, I'll do it this time, but I'm never doing this again. You might get someone to do something, but I want their respect. I want their friendship. I want the connection. And so if I get them to do it just because I'm trying to manipulate them, I will end up paying the consequence for that later because I push them. And here's the thing. I think one of the best ways to be a healthy person is empathy to go. I don't understand what everyone is going through, but I'm going to believe that everyone's doing the best they can. And I'll just say this, right? For many times, I didn't actually give myself grace to go. I'm disappointed that they didn't say yes. That makes me feel anxious that no one's here to help me. I wish that they could have just done this so that my problem would have been solved. 
And so actually acknowledging, oh, that feels bummer that they didn't say yes to that. Or I wanted them to come or I wanted them to do that. And now they're not going to do it. The scarcity mindset is that's all there was. There's one person, they can't do it and that's it. Or they're the only one that can bring that. Instead of saying, you know what? It's not perfect, but it's good enough. So who else can we grab or pull in or ask that will be okay to make it okay. And many times our brain wants to go danger, danger, danger. This is bad. It's not going to work rather than saying, you know what? I'm a problem solver. I'm resourceful. There's lots of options. It may not be perfect, but the truth is I don't really know if it would have been perfect anyway. So I'm going to give them grace and I'm going to look for other ways to solve this problem. Wow. You guys, that was powerful. And you can use that in your business too, right? Without going into that scarcity mindset and starting to get creative. And I, I love that. That was so powerful. So what is your, out of all of your Bible studies, I know you have a lot. I don't know the exact number. So you'll have to tell us that too. Which one is your absolute favorite? I don't know if I know the exact number either. I believe that I'm writing my ninth Bible study, but I actually don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But you know what? Right now I do boundaries. It's definitely my favorite. But a close second is I do hard things. That's a close second. I think the idea of of walking through pain and the idea that pain has a voice and it says, do whatever you need to do to make it stop. And the idea that when we're in pain, we don't dream, I think is really critical. And so the I do boundaries connects with that. And then the, uh, I'm sorry, I do hard things. And then the I do boundaries is really about longevity. It's about protecting the things that matter most to us. And so that's been very important to me as well. But I have lots of books. There's one that I love and I probably need to rewrite it and rebrand it, but it's called Eat, Pray, Hustle, Dream Chasing God's Way. And that's another book that I really enjoy about the signs of the God dream that's on your life. But all that to say, I think boundaries are really important because like you said, they're neutral. We can use them anywhere, right? There's Switzerland. Like you can use it in business. You can use it in your marriage. You can use it with your kids. You can use it with yourself. And so boundaries are just one of those tools and tips that we need constantly. And let me say your boundaries is not something you check off. It's not a problem that we solve. It's actually a tension that we manage throughout our life. So I have to relook at my boundaries. I have to redefine my boundaries. I have to change my boundaries depending on the season and what my life looks like. So if you go, Oh, I've got good boundaries. I would ask you, well, what have you evaluated last? When have you taken a full look at your life and every relationship? And are you happy and fulfilled in that space? And if not, maybe go back and look at ways that might be time to set some boundaries or take away some of the boundaries you once needed, but you don't need them anymore. And now you're not just keeping the the bad out, you're keeping the good out. And it's Mm -hmm. time to open up a little bit more. I love that. That's so good. I think a lot of us can relate to that because of everything that's been going on with the pandemic, right? Like you have to now reevaluate where you are and what boundaries you have. So, okay. Last question. Then we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for being on here today. But what is your all-time favorite tradition that you do with your family for Christmas? Oh, well, I'm like a holiday fanatic. Like I already have a Christmas tree up and my Christmas tree's been up for a month. Like I'm that person, but I would say, oh, I love it. But one of my favorites is definitely Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. I'll put on a Christmas movie every night and it doesn't mean we have to sit and watch it. I even just like it playing in the house, but I stinking love all of it. I think Hallmark is one of my favorites channel and just listening to Christmas music and Christmas movies are my go-to every day of December. You're going to see that in my house and it's my favorite. And then also my last one is my mom always gets all the cousins pajamas for Christmas Eve. And they all put it on and there's seven of them and ages 15 all the way down. 
to 10 and they all wear matching pajamas and I stink and love it. It's like the littles are still little and it's just a blast. That is so cute. I love that. <laughs> well, Havila, thank you so much for being on here, you guys. You'll find all the information about Havila Cunnington in our show notes today, and you'll get all of her resources about where to find her, her Instagram link, her Facebook information, her website, her books, all of that. So go check it out. Make sure you screenshot today's episode and tag Havila on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Just Havila Cunnington. Just my full name. Yep. Okay. Awesome. And you guys can grab that in the show notes as well. So thanks so much for being on with us today. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. You are not alone. We hear from you all the time that you want to scale your network marketing business to six figures and beyond, but you just don't know how. Well, guess what? Yes, we have a solution for you. Grab the network marketing accelerator course and take your profitable business to your dream business. Everything you dreamed of. This course has everything you need to scale your business online. Let's go have some fun and make some money. You can grab the course at blessedmamabossescourses.com. We'll see you inside.